Hello everyone, this is Victoria Stapleton, Director of School and Library Marketing at Little Brown Books for Young Readers. This month's podcast is pretty special, featuring Jenny Choi and Andrea Davis Pinkney. Enjoy! Welcome to the Little Brown Books for Young Readers School and Library podcast. My name is Jenny Choi and I'm the Senior Manager of School and Library Marketing at LBYR. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Andrea Davis Pinkney. Andrea wears two hats, as both an editor at Scholastic and as the author of many acclaimed picture books and young adult novels. She often collaborates with her husband, Brian Pinkney, on such amazing books as Sit-In, Martin Mahalia, and Coretta Scott King Award winner, Hand in Hand. Andrea's latest book is The Red Pencil. It is a novel in verse about a 12-year-old Sudanese girl named Amira who is living in the reality of war through the Darfur conflict in the early 2000s. The book has already received four-star reviews, booklist called The Red Pencil, an inspirational story of the harrowing adversity countless children face, the resilience with which they meet it, and the inestimable power of imagination and learning to carry them through. Welcome, Andrea. Andrea, you're known for your books featuring African-American history and characters. What was the motivation for writing about a Sudanese girl, and were there special challenges to this project you didn't anticipate? When I started to write The Red Pencil, it was around the time I was doing a lot of reading in the news about Darfur, the crisis in Darfur, and the war, and the genocide that was happening. And it was heartbreaking to me. It was just heartbreaking. And I noticed also at that time that there were a lot of school children who were learning about the situation in Sudan, Holocaust, genocide, war. And I wondered how it was that these young minds were assimilating this information and coming to understand it. And I really thought I wanted to find a way to help them do that. And then I started to read news accounts of children living in that unthinkable reality in Sudan, in Darfur, and wondered how it was I could present their situation to young readers. And my main challenge was, how was I going to deliver these very dark moments in our world's history to young readers? And that's sort of a nice segue into my next question, which is why you chose to write this novel in verse. This is your first novel in verse. um, you have a, n- a number of picture books that feature books with poetry, like Sidon and Martin Mahalia. Um, what felt right to you about telling this story in this particular format? Well, the choice to tell the story in verse is very deliberate. And that was the answer to the challenge, or at least the attempt to answer the challenge of how, how was I going to deliver this very uh, difficult information. And I felt that the use of verse, the use of poetry, was a way to kind of insulate readers. It was a means by which they could slowly and carefully enter the situation that's happening in the novel and slowly and easily and softly and gently, if that's even possible, come to understand what's going on and the the unthinkable reality that's happening there. And then also there's Shane Evans's artwork. So that helped enhance the telling of the story in a visual way that allowed readers to come to understand the realities of war. 
I mean, there's a lot of difficult subjects that are that are addressed in the red pencil, but um, one of my favorite scenes is a lighter scene. It features Amira and her family trying to coax the moon from behind the clouds. Can you explain this Darfurian belief behind behind this particular moment? And how did you hear about it? And what are some of the other cultural beliefs and superstitions you discovered? Well, I'm so glad you asked about the, the calling of the moon, because I do want to say that the red pencil is not all sad. There are some really light, delightful moments, because in addition to being uh, a book about war and, and Darfur and what's happening, you know, it really is a book about family and the closeness of uh, a mother and a father and a, and a sister, in this case, of the main character and, and the love that a family shares. So I did a lot of research. I traveled to Africa myself. I visited schools in Africa. I spent a long time talking to refugees who had been in uh, refugee camps in Sudan and uh, other neighboring countries. And I learned from them some of the customs. And as you mentioned, uh, one thing I learned in some Darfurian beliefs, it's believed that when the moon is full and spilling her milk, it's all good things and wonderful things will happen. Will happen. And then when the moon is hiding behind a thicket of clouds, uh, bad luck might be coming your way. So that was one thing I infused into the novel. Another thing that I discovered, which isn't really a superstition, it's just a reality of that culture and of many cultures in the third world, and that is the belief that girls are better left to marry and to do farm chores, and that reading and education is uh, more for males. And uh, that was one of the driving themes, and is one of the driving themes in The Red Pencil, but it was also one of the motivations for wanting to write the book, is the staggering number of illiteracy among girls in these nations and uh, how much that needs to change. Andre, I think you make a really good point. I think you know, students in the U.S. really take their education for granted. I think books like The Red Pencil and I Am Malala will really help to expand their world and see just, you know, how fortunate they are. So in Martin Mahalia, readers find a dove on every page, and in The Red Pencil, Amira, you compare her to a sparrow. So I just wanted you to talk about the symbolism of these birds in these two books. Well, on Martin and Mahalia, yes, there is a dove on every page. Brian Pinckney, the illustrator, who is my husband, uh, had the brilliant idea that there would be this visual thematic element, this, this dove, this spirit guide, if you will, which symbolizes peace. And all that Martin Luther King was uh, striving for was you know, peace among people. And Mahalia Jackson, whose beautiful voice lent its, uh, its harmonies to the civil rights movement, and that dove just symbolizes peace. And yes, there's a dove on every page of Martin and Mahalia. There's one spread in particular where young readers will often say, there's not a dove on the page, but you have to look closely. There's definitely a dove. In the case of the red pencil, the uh, bird theme, the sparrow theme, travels throughout. And I think I'd like to read one of the poems, if I, if I oh, may. Oh, please do. And that will hopefully reveal what that... What that uh, what that sparrow symbolizes. The name of this poem is Hand Twig Sparrow. When I draw, it's not me doing it. It's my hand and my twig and my sparrow. My hand and my twig and my sparrow make the lines. My hand and my twig and my sparrow do the dance on the sand. I never know what my hand and my twig and my sparrow will create. 
My hand holds my twig, but my twig goes on its own. My sparrow, that's what's inside me. Flight. You incorporate a lot of singing and music into your presentations. Um, can you talk about the importance of music in your life? Well, from the time I was really young, my parents always took me to the theater, always took me to the opera, always took me to concerts. And it's interesting. I think that writing a book or a book for young readers can be almost like a theatrical experience. It's almost like a, when you open that book, it's like a curtain is going up and you're experiencing music, poetry, uh, drama, uh, our artwork, beautiful visuals. And that is one of the influences that I bring into my work. I, I want to try to convey a sense of musicality in, in all of the books that I write and create. My next question comes from the wonderful Marianne Scheuer, um, an elementary school librarian in Berkeley, California. And she wants to know how you came up with the idea for your first book, Seven Can Candles for Kwanzaa. Seven Candles for Kwanzaa. Well, Kwanzaa is the African-American holiday that happens every year. It starts on the day after Christmas, December 26th. It goes for seven days, and it goes through the new year. And there are... Kwanzaa candles that we light every night, and each of the candles and each of the days of Kwanzaa represents a tradition that is based on African traditions. And I have a big Kwanzaa party at my house every year. Anybody who wants to come to the Pinkney's house on December 30th, please come to our Kwanzaa party. The door is open. You can come and eat and sing and have a good time. And for years... I was looking for a children's book about the African-American holiday of Kwanzaa. I couldn't find anyone. I couldn't find any children's book about Kwanzaa. And uh, finally, I, I met an editor, and I said, there really needs to be a children's book about Kwanzaa. And I also noticed that school teachers were writing to me, saying, you know, were there any books? They wanted to do it in their classroom. And finally, when I met that editor, she said, well, why don't you write it? And I thought, well, why don't I? And that's how Seven Candles for Kwanzaa came to be. And my last question for you is, you are one of the most influential figures in children's literature. Does this impact how you choose what stories to tell, and where do you think children's literature is moving next? Well, as an author, I'm always looking for that reader that I haven't yet reached. What is the story I haven't told? And I really choose to write stories about things that excite me, and that's usually often the motivation for something that I choose to write about. And my hope is, if I'm excited about this, if it's something that interests me, perhaps a young reader will want to learn more about that or read about a particular topic. In terms of children's literature and what's happening in our publishing community, uh, there is a renewed interest in diversity. And uh, what is so refreshing about it is that we are not just talking the talk. We all believe in diversity. We all think there should be more books for all kinds of readers. And I think now we're at a phase in our publishing history where we are really ready to step it up. We are really ready to put our belief into action, and I'm just seeing more and more of that happen now. And one great example is uh, the Children's Book Council and the uh, CBC diversity that is happening that is really just raising the bar and, and charging all of us to just really live up to what the, the promise that we're trying to create. Great. Well, thank you, Andrea, for joining us thank on this you. podcast. Thank you, Jenny. We hope you enjoyed the podcast with 
Jenny Choi, and Andrea Davis Pinckney. The Red Pencil is on shelves at bookstores and libraries all over the place, so go get it. Bye!